The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Visit rivalfantasy.com or download the app today for a better way to play daily fantasy baseball. Today is Saturday, May 27th. My name is Chris Crawford. With me here is my good buddy, Drew Silva. On this episode, we'll analyze the current fantasy leaderboards among hitters and identify for real or fade at the top of the standard 5x5 standard scoring categories. But for now, let's jump into the bigger headlines from the late later weekday slate. And Drew, talk to me about Hunter Green, who was spectacular on Friday night. Yeah, I first want to address the YouTube audience that I'm I just finished a bike ride, so I'm really sweaty. That's okay. It's the uh yeah. It's the <laughs> sweaty Drew experience that Chris knows and loves. Uh, the SDE um, as we like to call it. Yeah, that's right. But hey, working <laughs> out on a Saturday, I'll I'll pat myself on the back. Well, uh, actually my my Strava is public, so I can't I can't lie to the audience. It was only a five mile ride. Oh, okay. You know, just okay. Just getting some sun mile. and burning some cow well i did 20 yesterday man oh good for you man that's almost a marathon you gotta do one mile tomorrow and you got the full marathon yeah it doesn't really work like that on a bike i think (laughs) they call like um it's called a grand fondo and i think it's 100 kilometers whatever that'd be about 50 miles nice i've i've never done one of those i did 60 miles in one day um but but it was separated into two rides anyway hunter green yeah (laughs) <laughs> he can probably bite yeah, man. Well. he looked <laughs> yeah flirting with a no hitter against the cubs I, that's probably the the lead story from from friday love a good friday afternoon game at, at wrigley field you know shout out to the cubs for for keeping our day baseball dreams alive um green looked great obviously the the six no hit innings it was 11 strikeouts i believe you finished with two walks yep. Um, the pitch count got up pretty high. I think it was 110. So we had yeah. to hold and then the bullpen lost the no, no, uh, finished the combined shutout though. And what was a, a big nine, nothing win for the reds where, I don't know, there's some reasons to be excited about that team. I, I, and I think I'd say that green has been like pretty close to what I thought he'd be so far this season. Sure. There, there are blowups mixed in with gems. Um, overall, a 4.18 ERA, 1.38 WHIP through 11 starts. But then you look at 80 strikeouts and in 56 innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him, you, you take the good with the bad. You kind of know what you were getting into when when you drafted him. And I, I could foresee a stretch of like complete dominance where the ERA gets a lot better. Um, I don't know if he's he's never going to be like a great WHIP guy. I don't know, may, maybe down the road, maybe. Um, but then, you know, there's going to be stretches where it, the ERA balloons again. But yeah. he's an he's an obvious must play every time out with the swing and miss ability. Pitch it at Fenway Park next time out um, on Thursday, this coming Thursday. So that'll be a cool one to watch to see how he, he should be able to navigate that Red Sox offense pretty well with, mm-hmm. with a bunch of Ks. Yeah, I mean, look, he's looked fantastic for a lot of the year. And then there's just... A few clunkers. I I really like Hunter Green, especially in the long term. But I think people forget like he seems to have been around so long. He's still 23 years old, which is just kind of insane to yeah. me. Like it seems like he's been around for that's uh, him and Jerry Kelnick are the two oldest 23 year olds I think in baseball, just because they've been around and experienced so much. But yeah, really impressive start. Um, has struck out 10 in back to back starts. We love to see that. 
Um, just, you know, you got to be prepared to take some better or better with him, but you always want him in your lineup because of the chance that he's going to miss bats. One player that you will not be having in your lineup is Grayson Rodriguez. Unfortunately, gets demoted after a pretty awful start, and unfortunately, it became a little bit of a pattern of alternating good with bad with Grayson Rodriguez. Goes three and a third innings, gives up nine runs, eight of them earned, walks three, strikes out six, allows three homers. I mean, if you just go by game score, which is a very, very flawed stat. Here's his, yeah. I'm sorry? No, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very flawed stat. But it just kind of indicates what has been happening for him. Uh, from May 4th to May 26th, we have 23, 49, 10, 56, 17. And it's just a case of Grayson Rodriguez didn't show any consistency with his command. Where There were tons of flashes of brilliance to me that suggest that this is going to be a very good long-term pitcher, more than enough in his rookie season. This is going to happen. Another guy who's 23 years old that we're talking about. Uh, by the way, 23 times three, uh, the answer to that question <laughs> You already know it, but anyway, with Grayson Rodriguez, there's a lot of risk. That I didn't, comes I didn't catch that. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That's an Ariana Grande thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, an, that's exactly it. 34 plus 35. Oh, we're going to get fired, Drew. Um, but the, uh, the thing with Grayson Rodriguez was I thought the stuff looked good in all of his starts. The command just waned so much. And that's true for a lot of 23 year olds. I think he's still got a shot. He's probably someone that I'm looking at adding fairly quickly when the Orioles give him another chance. Are you dropping him right now, Drew? Yeah. I mean, what well, it's, you know, it's, it's league specific. My answer would be league specific if you're in like in a deep league or, sure. but if it's a, like a standard redraft 12 teamer, even as far as a 16 teamer, I, I think I'd just let him go and, and hope that I can pick him back up when the, the, I agree with you. Like when the Orioles call him back up, I'll be a lot more excited. He's, he's just the times that we've talked about him, like, and the eye test for me, he's just super wild right now. And yeah. obviously like the stuff is awesome. Mm -hmm. He just, it's, it's the common like thing with pitchers like he has to take that next step with the command and then he could be a Cy Young candidate like he has yeah. that kind of upside absolutely um, but we're not there yet and I think a little minor league a little more minor league seasoning will will do well for him in the long run did you see um is it Mike Elias is that how you pronounce his last name his comments so. the other day yeah. um and I think they were like a little bit misconstrued and he was just answering a question. Like they asked him about the trade deadline and, you know, the Orioles are off to a great start after a really fantastic step forward last year, missing out on the playoffs. But like, you know, it's clearly like a franchise on the rise. And yeah, he was, and he's like, you know, well, we have to weigh like payroll constraints. Like we're talking about the deadline. It's like, he later came out and said, we expect to be buyers. Um, and I know that he was just answering a question from a reporter, but it's like, right. dude, kind of read the room situation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like just, just say like, oh yeah, we're going to go for it. Or, oh, yeah. or not even that just be like, we're going to try to do what we can to improve this team, you know, or like something more bland like that. I, 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 I liked the over on the Orioles wind total this year. I didn't really believe in their pitching. Sure. Um, but man, if they add a big arm, yeah. At the deadline, get Grayson Rodriguez like into form and back. Yeah. Get a the wild dangerous. card spot. Like yeah. that's a that's a really fun, dangerous team. And I, I love that Camden Yards has been rocking. Sure. Like, you know, what a, a great fan base. Um, I grew up an Orioles fan, like that deserves a nice run of success. And it looks like they're built to last. Um and, and Grayson Rodriguez is a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one thing that they're going to have to overcome is the most boring City Connect jerseys that I've ever seen in my entire life. You might as well have just gone into Microsoft Word and just copy pasted something onto. And to have all the fun stuff in the inside of the jersey, Drew, is just so inexplicably stupid to me. Like, and there's, yeah, there's so much you can do with like Baltimore and like the Maryland flag is so yeah. cool. Yeah. I love, I grew up a Maryland Terrapins, you know, basketball team. Like I love their old school shorts. Like there's with that checker pattern crabs, you know, there's yeah. like put some old base seasoning on the Jersey or something. Sure. Like 
There's a, there's a lot you can do. With the Reds ones are pretty bad too. Yeah, so um, boring, so boring, yeah. man. And I get it. People are pushing back to the fun that some of the teams had with like, especially San Diego. And there's been most people I think like them, but I think there's enough people that are like, oh, these are just destroying baseball and stuff if like that. If you're gonna do it, just go. You know, really go for it. And they for it, they did. Nike did not go for it with Cincinnati and Baltimore. Um, yeah. Maybe it's because Maryland is an Under Armour school and Nike's mad about it or something. We must protect this house. Uh, Drew, there were a couple of big shortstop injuries that I know you wanted to talk about as well. One of them that honestly scared the ever-loving you-know-what out of me, but uh, one positive development and one kind of negative. Yeah, I mean, the situation with Carlos Correa is kind of fascinating. Like, it sounded really bad. 24 hours ago he was diagnosed with plantar fasciitis in his left foot earlier this week right um and then imaging scans also revealed a muscle strain in the arch of that same left foot you would have guessed an il stint and like maybe even a long-term kind of absence but um he went through a pregame workout on friday felt good suddenly right back into the twins starting lineup on friday night against the blue jays played shortstop batted second Went one for three with two walks, played the full game at short. Um, we've discussed plantar fasciitis as the, the medical representatives for, for Rotowire many times <laughs> over the years. It, it affects people differently. It's it's hard to gauge how it's going to affect Korea. Like, it can be managed. Cortisone shots help. I, I'm assuming Korea got one that helped him get back into the lineup Friday. Sure. Um, I could see stretches. I, I wrote this in, in the Rotowire news note, and mm-hmm. I think it holds true. I, I could see stretches where he's going to need days off. Sure. Um, and it's not like Correa's having a great season anyway, but um, I don't know what you do from a fantasy perspective. Like, try try to trade the the big name recognition to somebody who's not paying attention to the newswire. I, I like that he played Friday. Um, yeah. I'm worried about how this affects him moving forward. His numbers, again, have already been quite underwhelming. Um, it's not like he's a big base stealer, at least. like He he, he hasn't like stolen at all in, in the last four or five years. Um, you draft him for some homers, some RBIs, some runs scored, and maybe a little batting average help. And, you know, maybe he can still give you that moving forward. I, I guess you, you feel optimistic about the situation right now, but... Yeah, a, a little good and a little bad, I think, in the overall picture of the Korea situation with the plantar fasciitis. That, and then what you were referencing, um, a real bad story is, is Willie Adamas getting hit yeah. in the head in the dugout by a, a foul ball off the bat of teammate Brian Anderson on Friday. Adamas was, like, sitting down, too, like not like he was up on the railing, but that ball shot right through, you know, that kind of opening where the – the the steps are and just nailed him it, it, it was a scary scene really um, had to spend the night in the hospital he's going on the c- concussion il they probably just made that move um this morning the r- reports have been good so far like from the the pregame chat with the media that craig council had on saturday that he was he was just being monitored during that overnight hospital stay and was fully alert and will be fine in the long term, but it's going to be at least a week on the seven day concussion injured list. Um, Adamus has kind of struggled so far this year. The, the power's been been good, uh, but the rate stats have not. Maybe this serves as a kind of reset for him if you want to look for some sort of positive sure. outlook on this. I, I guess uh, Bryce Terang replaced him at, at shortstop on Friday. I guess he could get some reps at shortstop for the Brewers. Luis Urias is nearing a return they did call up andrew monasterio yeah um who was getting on base at a high clip at triple a nashville he has some speed i don't know if there's a ton there you're probably looking to the waiver wire if you're a a fantasy manager with adamas which i am in some leagues Mm. um ezekiel tovar is out there like he's been dropped a lot pretty widely um the rockies young shortstop showing a bit more spark lately like there are more boring options like chris taylor Enrique Hernandez, J.P. Crawford. I, I think I'd take a shot on, on Tovar if, if he's out there. Um, we've talked about him before. 
I like that the Rockies kept Tovar up like through his early struggles. It's not like they had better options to, t- to turn to, but he's a toolsy talent in a good spot with the Coors Field effect. Had a walk-off RBI single the other day. Um, maybe that sparked something for him. He'd, he'd be my recommended pickup depending on what your, your waiver wire looks like. Yeah, I like that call. And uh, man, I got to be honest with you. The person I felt, obviously I feel terrible for Adamas. I felt awful for Brian Anderson, who looked like he was on the verge of tears when during that at bat because you just don't know what the heck is going on. But yeah, I, I like that call. I think Tovar is going to be a solid fantasy player. He's flawed, but he shouldn't be yeah. like this mass drop guy. I get it. But he's going to get a chance to play a bunch of games in Coors Field. Power's even starting to come on a little bit too. I, I like that call as somebody I'd be looking to add anyway. But here's hoping Adamas is just going to be a one. I like, sorry. No, please. I like this question though. Um, the Hurt Foundation asks, I'll trade you De- Paul DeYoung for Correa. Would you? Uh, I mean, imagine, imagine asking that question in April. Like, yeah. It's a consideration, man. Like, yeah. DeYoung's been great, uh, like a huge part of helping the, the Cardinals kind of just settle this, yeah. what was a horrible start to the season. And yeah. he's playing every day now at shortstop. Sure. Um, I'm going to say I would rather have Correa. I still rather have Correa too, but it's closer yeah, than it should I, be. Like, I know. it's The fact that it's even like a something to consider is is pretty wild. I, I like this other question we got from the Hart Foundation as well. Ronnie Mauricio looks to be getting the call up soon. Is he an immediate pickup and stash of available? I don't know about immediate, but I would certainly be considering it. Like he's been really good in AAA this year, uh, showing the power, showing some speed, playing a little bit of second base, which is nice to see. Obviously, shortstop is pretty locked up for the New York Mets right now, but he will have shortstop eligibility in the majority of leagues. Yeah, he'd be somebody I would be considering on the bench to start. There is a lot of swing and miss with Ronnie Mauricio. I have extreme doubts about him hitting for average, but the power's legit. We're talking about 60 grade on the 2080 scouting scale. Um, steal some bases, especially with the new rules. We'll be talking about that for sure in the second half of the show about stolen bases. But yeah, absolutely somebody that I would be considering for a stash, especially in NL only, because there's not a lot of guys with more upside right now. He will probably be, if he's not in the top 10 of my uh, imminent arrivals article on Wednesday, he will be one of the players who is being considered. Uh, this guy won't be considered for that list, but I do think he actually pitched pretty darn well for the most part in his MLB debut. So Randy Vasquez threw four and two-thirds innings, allowed two runs, uh, came into the fifth inning with a shutout, and then allowed a two-run homer to Juan Soto, who is just stupid right now, Drew. Like, this is like an incredible run he's on. It's been awesome to see because, you know, some struggles here and there, but we're being reminded that this is one of the most talented, maybe the most talented yeah. young hitter in baseball that I have ever seen. Had issues with command. He did hit two and he did walk three. Uh, d- was immediately demoted after the game, but I think he's somebody that I think needs to be on the radar when he gets a call up. Would you agree with that, Drew? I didn't see any of his start, like just a couple highlights. I I, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't like have a, a great take on this to be sure. just to be, to be completely honest. That's I good. probably not. Okay. Like maybe maybe like a, a streamer if if he comes back up in the right matchup sure. and you know the Yankees could wind up like needing him right um, down the line. So yeah, I mean I I, I just I'm I don't really have a great <laughs> a great answer. I don't think there really is a great answer to that question to be honest. Like all right, if he's facing a bad offense. Yeah. Sure. Like I don't know, he'll he'll give you innings and maybe some ERA help and like maybe some K's, but I, I, don't, I don't. He's not like someone that's gonna be staying on a watch list for me. That's fair. I I, I think another another uh, yeah. Go you first. Well, I was just gonna say on 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 the Yankees who just tied the game up against the Padres. I have that on on my little nice. tablet here, but um, John Carlos Stanton is he took on field batting practice on Friday. He's starting mm-hmm. a rehab assignment early next week could be back on the active roster for uh, the Yankees head out to Dodger stadium for a big three game series next weekend. And he's an LA native. So I I feel like he's going to push to make it back for that series. That'd be a a, a pretty cool scene, but um, yeah, been out since early April with that grade two hamstring strain, a big boost to fantasy lineups coming with that one. I, I I found myself getting a lot of Stanton and drafts this spring because he was like relatively, cheap for what he can bring with the power numbers when healthy 
Um, and it's he's been a hard guy to like, you know. You, I don't, the, I, I'm in this one league where it's a 16 team league, and there are only two IL spots. And I was like, man, I I, just, I can't drop him. I had already had two players on the IL, so he was just like sitting on my bench, like just taking up space. I'm I'm just really glad that he's finally about to come back. It's been a long time. It has been a long time, and I look forward to seeing. Many homers and many Yankee fans complaining about the strikeouts. Uh, We're going to analyze those current fantasy leaderboards on the hitting side. Players we like, players we don't believe in quite as much. But first, a quick commercial break. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the daily and weekly games are played. And they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders on for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings, but if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use code ROTOWIREMLB at signup to deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a Rival today. Welcome to the arena. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's take a look at that leaderboard. So for those unfamiliar for the five by five, if you're one of the people who's lucky enough not to play in a five by five league, shots fired. Those categories are average, runs, homers, RBIs, and steals. And Drew, let's start with the average category. Um, Who are you buying and who are you not such a fan of in that average category among the leaders right now? You're on mute, buddy. This is live. This is live. I'm back. Hey, how's it going, buddy? 
Good, man. Yeah, we did this experiment about a month into the season, and, and now mm-hmm. that we're almost exactly two months into the season, that seems crazy, doesn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, we're going to do it again. Let's look at these current category leaders and, and try to parse through who has staying power and who doesn't. I'll give you my for real and my fade on batting average. My for real is Masataka Yoshida, who I picked as one of my draft day regrets when we did our our way too early draft day regrets episode in mid-April. Sure. Um, my regret was that I didn't have more shares of Yoshida, I still feel that way. There have been some ups and downs. Um, Mm -hmm. He had a rough game Friday night in Arizona, but in general, he's been a huge part of the Red Sox being better than I think a lot of people thought they would be. Um, Got that five-year, $90 million contract coming over from Japan where he posted ridiculous offensive numbers. He just – he doesn't strike out. Like, he struck out three times Friday, but – uh, it's it's been a rare thing throughout yeah. his professional career, like that kind of high strikeout game. Uh, Yoshida does hit a lot of ground balls. The power has only come in spurts, but man, he just doesn't get fooled a lot. Like a, a really professional hitter. That's such a cliche, but like that's what he is. I I love the plate approach. I think he keeps the batting average cooking, and you know there's going to be some rate stats that come along with it. Um, he's he's had a pretty prominent lineup spot there for the Red Sox. My fate is Mauricio Dubon, who. Uh, this is probably the most obvious one that I'm going to throw out there as we run through these names, mainly because um, he's obviously going to be playing time with Jose Altuve now back in the fold for the Astros. Uh, Dubon did start at shortstop on Friday with Altuve at second. Jeremy Pena has had a weird start to his sophomore campaign. Maybe there's an angle there for Dubon to, at short. He can play the outfield too, but we've already seen a drop in his offensive production in recent weeks. And like the overall picture of what he's done in his five years at the major league level is that he's just, he's not a great hitter, uh, a career 253 average, 294 on base percentage, 369 career slugging percentage and, and no power. And he isn't as aggressive as a base dealer as you'd like either. I, I think Dubon is, is droppable in most leagues. It, it was a nice run. Like he mm-hmm. was a really nice waiver wire pickup. Um, he filled a great hole for the Astros for a while, but I, sure. now that he's back in more of a utility role, I, I don't think he offers you much. And and the batting average is, is going to revert back more toward his career norm. Yeah. I, I like uh, Mauricio Dubon. And if he changed organizations, I'd probably be more in on him because like yeah. more of a chance to play every day. There's, there was a reason why he was a, considered a kind of a top fantasy prospect more than like a top real life prospect, but he does offer some versatility and stuff, but definitely betting on some regression from him. Uh, My uh, for real, I'm going with Riley green. I've been super impressed by what he's done as of late. Like if you just take a look at his baseball savant page, he's in the 60th or better better in so many categories, including hard hit percentage, expected weighted on base average, expected batting average, expected slugging, really good approach at the plate. He's walking at a nice rate. No, there is some chase, a two, but and he will swing and miss a little bit, but not enough to, for me to be too concerned in that regard. And Riley Green's also really fast, and that matters for batting average because he's got a chance to beat out some throws. Like there are going to be, when he does make weak, make weak contact, there's a chance for him to beat that stuff out. Uh, I think in the, in the long term, Riley Green's even better of a play, but I do think he's a guy who can hit. He's hitting 297 right now. I think he's probably closer to that. 280 285 but drew i don't know if you noticed there's not a lot of 300 hitters in baseball right now this is a time where even with this uh banning the shift as so many people called it and that obviously was absolute malarkey but uh even limiting the shift we're still seeing um it's it's very easy to make those stops on those balls that are hit up the middle you're seeing short stops line up basically right behind second base this has not been the impact that I think a lot of people thought it would be. Uh, and then my fade, it's pretty obvious, but Elias Diaz is hitting 331. To say that's unsustainable is the most unsustainable thing in history. Uh, look, he's been great. His expected batting average is in the 91st percentile. But keep in mind with baseball savant, these are not predictive stats. They are just telling you what has happened. And Elias Diaz has a long history of being a Good real-life catcher and a very mediocre fantasy one. If Elias Diaz ends up hitting 331, I will go ahead and bike to you in St. Louis, Drew. Man, I was uh, 
I was sitting but like right behind home plate at a Cardinals game one time. I think it was when Diaz was still with the Pirates. Mm. Um and man, who who was their like veteran catcher that hung around for a while? Chris Ionetta, maybe? Uh, no. Um Man, I, I need to look this up. But anyway, I, I was like, Diaz was their backup. And, like, I really liked his minor league numbers. I th- I think he's he's in a great fit there, like, at Coors Field. For sure. With the Rockies. But I, I, I said to him, like, he was right in front of us. And I was like, you should be starting over that guy. And he looks at me and goes, I know. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad I couldn't remember that player's name because that would have yeah. been a, a rude story to tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I agree, I agree that batting average is going to fall off. But man, yeah, little course field effect and at the sure. catcher position in fantasy, yeah. you'll yeah. take that all day, even even if the average comes a little bit back down to reality. Um, yeah. Runs scored. Let's mm-hmm. do next. Um, I wanted to put Tyro Estrada somewhere on here. Uh, I could have fit him into a couple of different categories as as a for real. I, I I just think he's like pretty legit, and the sample size has grown now to where we can say this is at least like a solid real life player and a very dynamic fantasy talent. Like I I do worry about the Giants' offense allowing him the opportunity to score runs. It could be such a teammate dependent stat, but. Estrada has either been batting second or leadoff for them. Uh, he had that mini fantasy breakout in 2022, 14 homers, 21 steals and 40 or in 147 games now opens the 2023 season with a 301 average, 811 OPS, six homers, 13 steals, 30 runs scored through 47 games can play all around the diamond defensively. Um, I guess I, I wonder if Estrada might be a, a trade candidate. He just became arbitration eligible this past off season. So he's, he's actually like kind of getting expensive all of a sudden for the giants. I feel like the giants will hang on to him because they, they found something here and they need offensive pieces. Like in they've kind of like elevated this post hype Yankees prospect. And he, he's a legitimate everyday player for them right now. I, th- I think they hang on to him, but who knows? Um, there's like a, a, a big deadline sell-off potential, I feel like, in San Francisco with some of the pieces they have, like mostly mm-hmm. on the pitching side. But hey, they're one game above 500 right now. We can kind of table that conversation till later. Like, I'm being one game above 500 is puts you in wildcard contention in the National League. And yeah. it could be that way, like, all, all, all year long. Sure. Um, they're just there's some very haves and have nots in baseball, awesome. and I think especially on the National League side. Yeah. Um, Christian Yelich is is my fade. I I don't know. I admittedly just wanted to like fade him on something, and actually, run scored might be the most reliable part of his game Maybe. right now uh, because the I mean, the the Brewers are committed to him on that contract. They're committed to asking him to be part of the offensive attack at the top of the lineup. Um, they've moved them kind of around, but lead off or cleanup. Um, but we're going on a, like a four year run now of Yelich being a pretty mediocre player mm-hmm. coming off those two years in 2018, 2019, where he put up legitimately historic level fantasy production in 2018, 2019. Um, but since the beginning of 2020, Yelich has batted 245 with a 746 OPS in pushing 100 or 1600 plate appearances like all right that's fine but it's it's not world beating he's not a superstar that was just kind of like a career outlier what he did those two years when the brewers first got him and yeah yeah the power has diminished he doesn't run quite as much or as well um just seeing a downward trend already at age 31 not that he's like a droppable player or anything because no. he, he is stealing bases and mm-hmm. you know he'll he'll get you double digit homers maybe push him to 20 homers but um he's not like the 30 30 pushing 40 40 guy obviously anymore no that's unfortunate because he was really looked like he was on the verge of becoming like one of baseball's biggest stars and then has not worked out that way uh for my for real i'm going with alex Vergugo, who is a guy i kind of avoided in fantasy drafts to be honest but Looks like a mistake. He has been excellent. 292, 364, 464, five homers, just the three steals. But hitting at the top of the lineup more often than not, and you look at it, 
that for all the reasons you were talking about with Yoshida, having guys like Raphael Devers and Justin Turner and the uh, all of the the lineup, that's a good lineup. The Bru- the Red Sox uh, are going to score some runs, man. I it's not great, but I think they're going to okay. They're going to score some runs, and they've uh, look, and they're going to get Trevor Story yeah. back probably in the second half of the season. That will make them a, a more complete lineup. Jaron Duran is going through some struggles, but for the most part, I've been impressed with what he's done. Either way, like you look at it, him hitting at the top of that lineup, just the fans to, chance to be driven in by Raphael Devers is enough because that guy is just stupid good. And Yoshida, for all the reasons that you implied of, uh, at the top of the uh, at the top of the segment, I like Alex Verdugo. A really interesting thing here is that he's been one of the most difficult hitters to strike out in the whiff percentage 98th percentile and a chase rate in the 79th percentile so it's not like he's just hacking up there been really impressed with what i've seen i'm gonna fade jonathan india and it has more to do with the fact that i just don't think the reds lineup as you know there's some guys who can hit on there i just not a big believer in that at the top i will say this though i talked about this with ryan if jonathan india is traded I think that this changes things quite a bit. Ooh. And I think Jonathan oh, yeah. India would be somebody that Cincinnati probably should explore training. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but Cincinnati has a few infield prospects that are pretty darn good. And when Jonathan, and I hate that this is the way baseball works, but when Jonathan India is ready for that big payday, it's probably not going to be worth it for their timeline at this point. So I think, and I think his value is at its highest right now. Like you could get some yeah. legitimate stuff. There aren't a lot of middle infielders that have a lot of stuff. I got to be honest, my Seattle Mariners, I think, make a ton of sense for Jonathan India as I watch Colton Wong just absolutely suck out loud for it. Thanks, thanks for the damaged goods, Drew. That's your fault, even though he hasn't played for the Cardinals in quite some time. But yeah, I'm fading Jonathan India, a nice player, but maybe somebody I'd be looking to sell high in fantasy on. Yeah, I, I agree with those. Um, home runs. Luis Roberts going to be my for real. And now he's been the source of frustration for fantasy managers for many years, uh, but just dripping with tools and man, he's come to life over the last month, had that brutal stretch to close out April. I got benched for a lack of hustle at one point. He was just Mm -hmm. like kind of dogging it down the first baseline on, I don't know, but he could be like AL player of the month for May. A 329 batting average, 11 10 OPS, eight homers in 23 games so far this month. 91st percentile in max exit velocity across the entire season. There are consistency issues. Sure. Uh, there are a lot of ebbs and flows with this dude. I, I wish he was stealing more bases too. He has yeah. the sprint speed to do it. Um, sure. But the power is there when he wants to lock in and unload and he's been doing it lately. I got to give him credit. Like after he got benched for lack of hustle, the, the, the white Sox are kind of, I don't know, like the Cardinals in a way where they had this weird start to the season. Um, but they've looked, they've looked better lately. Like mm-hmm. uh, they're in a better groove in general, only five games back of first place in the American league central. Like that, that division is interesting. Uh my recommendation for their wins total is also suddenly looking a whole lot better. And, and yeah, Robert has been a huge part of this upswing with the power, which I think will continue to be reliable, even as the other parts are maybe not. He should steal more bases, too. I, I think you can ex- expect more speed from him moving moving forward. And I think the power he can sustain, you know, at, at least close to the level of what he's been doing so far in May. He's got like MVP potential. Yeah. We know that. Real quick, um, uh, real quick, maybe, Robert, I'm sorry to interrupt. The, yeah. the one thing I want to keep no, in mind is for, for the thing is remember that it was there were some hamstring issues there and that he didn't tell mm-hmm. the team about, which was probably the biggest thing is not it wasn't so much the not hustling. It was not telling the team that he was dealing with hamstring stuff. So I just wanted to say that maybe that's one of the reasons that we're not seeing the steals. And that was a big reason for the uh, not hustling down the line. Please continue. Sorry. No, I mean, that explains a lot. Uh, my fate is Patrick wisdom and it was the same. The last time we did this experiment in April, and I'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Like it's an easier call now than it was last month when he was leading all major league hitters in ding dongs. Um, but yeah, reality has, has set in with wisdom mm-hmm. that he's a flawed player with good raw power, but like not a ton else to offer. He's batting 151 with a 576 OPS so far in May, 30 strikeouts and 53 at bats, dude. 
Yeah. I'm going to say that again. 30 <laughs> strikeouts, 53 at-bats for this My month. Christ. Um, only, t- only two homers this month as well after he hit 10 in the opening month of the season. Christopher Morello has been scorching hot since his yeah. well-deserved call-up back from AAA Iowa. He can command playing time at third base um, when Cody Bellinger returns in center field. I, I don't know that I'd say wisdom should be dropped, uh, but we're nearing that territory, and you should have listened to me when we did this in April and so high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you buying on Christopher Morell as a power hitter going forward? Sure. Yeah. Oh, well, he's my niece's favorite player, my niece Blair. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Totally fair. That, that's my expert analysis. <laughs> that is that is as expert analysis it's going to be. Uh my for real look, the strikeouts are problematic. The fact of the matter is, is that you're going to take a big hit in the average category with this guy. But Joey Gallo hit baseball real far, and Joey Gallo has been hitting baseball real far all year. This guy is in the 98th percentile in barrel percentage, in the 99th percentile in hard hit percentage. It's amazing to be in the 99th percentile in hard hit percentage and 30% in expected batting average. That's what happens when you strike out as much as Joey Gallo does. Yeah, you're probably going to get like a 170 to 180 average most weeks. That's frustrating as heck. But he's also going to give you a bunch of bombs, and he's going to score some runs because he walks. He's a great on-base percentage player league because he has such a good approach at the plate. I love Joey Gallo. I'll be honest, I'm a little biased because my first ever credentialed event was the Features game in Minnesota where he hit that truck uh, during those batting practices. Oh, yeah, right. And I just – absolutely fell in love like I knew he had a bunch of power in fact I'd seen him play as a high school player uh before that so I knew that there was plenty of pop in there but man that power is so good I love that Minnesota Park is totally fair for him and I just think he's going to be like a 40 to 50 homer pace guy and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever and if he's giving me that I'm okay taking the hit and average. This one's a little weird because absolutely nothing he's done suggests in 2023 to fade him, but I'm going to fade Yandy Diaz. And it's mostly based on what I've seen from him in the past. Like, look, this guy is legitimately been one of the best offensive players in baseball this year. 333, I know. 435, <laughs> 635, 12 homers, 29 RBI. Only thing he's not doing is stealing bases, which if you expect the stolen bases from Yandy Diaz, what the heck are you doing? He's barely the baseball in the 79th percentile. That doesn't quite add up to be be a guy who's on pace to hit 30 to 40 home runs. It's certainly not bad. He has a really good approach to the plate, and he's going to murder left-handed pitching. But if I could sell high on Yandy Diaz, if someone is offering me like a guy who is – like a legitimate closer to top 50 player to me, I'm making that move, man. Like I, I will take the risk of Yandy Diaz not being the 1.070 OPS guy. If somebody's offering me somebody who can help me more in five categories could be wrong. This could be the breakout year. Yandy Diaz was an interesting prospect and he's certainly shown the ability to hit. I just don't think he's quite this good. Drew. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I would agree with you is not quite this good. And if you can get like a someone who's proven to be able to sustain like top yes. 50 mm-hmm. offensive fantasy potential, I, I would jump all over that. Mm-hmm. Let's move over to over to RBI RBIs. Sean Murphy is my for real. And oh man, I'm gonna go on a tangent here. I, I'm I'm so upset. <laughs> this might be like a conspiracy theory in a way, but there is re- reporting to back it up that the Cardinals off season plan centered around acquiring Murphy in a trade (laughs) and spending the money that they spent on Wilson Contreras on pitching, which would have been perfect. Uh Um, The Braves wanted. So like this is, this comes from Ken Rosenthal and Derek Gould. So like, you know, about as trustworthy reporters you can find the Braves wanted Lars Newpar and or Brendan Donovan along with Gordon Graceffo. Um, and I, I don't know if, if Atlanta wants one of your pitching prospects talking Graceffo, like maybe you think twice, uh, maybe you hold on to that guy. Well, if, let me interrupt you really real quick. Like him. Let me interrupt you yeah. real quick. Atlanta wanted this or Oakland wanted this? Oakland. Jeez. Okay. I just I, wanted to I, make I, sure. Yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like them trying to trade in the three-way thing. I just no, no, to, no, no, no. No. Okay. Okay. Please, please continue. No, if, 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 
if Oakland wants one of your prospects, be like, you know, send me a rendering of a stadium. Because <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I haven't seen any of those. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't. I'm I'm not as high on Graceffo, I guess, as as like the industry is. Either way, that was like the package that Oakland wanted, and the Cardinals were not willing to give up. Murphy's been a perfect fit for Atlanta. Yeah, uh, the the current NL East leaders, the reigning NL East champs, 36 RBIs in 42 games, 935 OPS, 10 homers, hitting either third or cleanup most days. Travis Darno had that great start to the season before he had that concussion, which I think was like his fourth documented career concussion. And he has struggled since returning. So like, there's no challenger to Murphy for playing time at catcher. He can cycle in at DH sometimes too. Um, there's really no challenger for like his lineup spot either. Mm-hmm. And it's a very deep Atlanta lineup. Um, I think the RBIs are going to just keep pouring in and he just would have been such a perfect fit for the Cardinals. For sure. And he had signed that extension. They would have like long-term funds to put towards pitching. They still you have long-term for real. funds to put into pitching, Drew. Don't come on. Of course they, they do. Of course <laughs> they do. I know what I do know what you're saying, but please continue. All right, but Alec Baum <laughs> is my fade, and um, he's been good at times this year. He was mm-hmm. obviously good at times last year too, but the RBI total so far like out it, it just way outweighs the other numbers he's at 37 rbis right now through 51 games alec bomb but only with six homers and nine doubles and a 740 ops um, the struggles against right-handed pitching are are problematic given that most pitchers and most human beings are right-handed uh, Derek hall is going to return soon to be an option at, at first base bryce harper could cycle in at first base eventually too we don't really have a timetable on that but that could that could happen the phillies have other options at third base um i i what if like bomb starts sitting against righties it probably won't happen they need him but it's it's like not outside the range of outcomes that his playing time gets dinged and again the rbi production has just it's not matched the rate stats and right. so you build that natural regression into the rbi total like i think he's gonna he's gonna fade in that category like he's kind of faded in, in a lot of other categories still still worth rostering mm-hmm. you, i like that you can play him at first base third base put him in a corner infield spot in a deeper league but not like uh you know yeah, I'm not expecting him to lead the league in RBIs. Like he's he's top ten right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, some of that has to do with the fact there are a lot of guys to drive in. But you make a good point about not a guarantee of playing time. By the way, it did come out yesterday uh, while I was working uh, that they're not expected to play Harper at first base until after the All Star break. But it does sound like at least then you have a better idea, and maybe that's a position you start seeing him play more after a, a week of. Although he could be on the All-Star game, Bryce Harper has been just stupid good since coming off of the injured. Is that surprising? <laughs> no, no, it is not. I would not fade him in any category whatsoever. Mm. Drew, I'm going to make you feel better about your Cardinals. And I think Nolan Gorman is very much for real. Uh, hitting 289, 384, 597, 13 homers. Was never a question about power with this guy. Like he had 70 power that he was showing um, literally like as a high school player when he was at Bishop Gorman, which, you know, friendly confines, but still the power was never a question mark. He's showing it so far this year, expected slugging in the 92nd percentile, barreling the baseball in the 90th percentile, drawing plenty of walks, which is nice to see. You have to throw this guy a strike, which is uh, good. A lot of swing and miss. Yes. And I do think that the average is going to drop. But I don't think the power is going to drop. And the fact that he gets to drive in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado and Wilson Contreras, I think Wilson Contreras will be much better in the second half of the season. As frustrating as he has been, he has does have a track record of getting on base at a nice little clip. I think Nolan Garman is going to be a real RBI threat for the remainder of the year. Would not shock me if there's a bunch of guys in St. Louis who drive in right around 100 runs and Nolan Gorman is in prime position to do just that. I kind of hate fading this guy as well because... Ryan and I talked about Adolis Garcia a lot in our shows, and I kind of was trying to back him off the cliff of him being like his least favorite player. I wonder if it's because he's a Cardinal, uh, ex-Cardinal. Maybe he just hates the fact that Adolis Garcia. That's definitely be- it, dude. <laughs> as like, as like diehard of a Cardinals fan as I am, Ryan is 
he like his his emotions his mood is based on what the cardinals are doing that day if, if it if he like needs something from him ask him after the cardinals win pat 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 or ryan who who who's the more uh emotional cardinals fan Pat's just funnier, so it, it comes out. But I, I think I think I think Ryan like, yeah. I think it go, it goes deep with him. Like it it really it, it sways my mood too. But sure, yeah. I, I would say it's Ryan. I would say it's Ryan. Try doing a YouTube show every night after uh, your favorite team plays and see how your mood changes. By the way, um, but Adolis Garcia has been excellent this year. Uh, only hitting two forty seven, but he has fourteen home runs. Only stolen the three bases. I think that's going to jump up. The reason I'm fading him is because I'm not sure if he's going to get the quite the same opportunities now that Corey Seager is going to get a chance to drive in Marcus Simeon. And Josh Jung has been really well. And I could see Garcia going through some spurts because I've literally seen it every single year that he's been a major league player. When he's hot, oh my goodness gracious, is he hot. And when he's not, he's someone you have to wonder about dropping down on your to literally on your bench. As good as the power-speed combination has been, he can go through those kinds of swings. He's on pace to drive in like 150 runs. That's obviously not sustainable. Do I think he could be a 100 RBI guy? Sure. But if somebody's offering me um, some quality players, similar to what we just talked about with uh, the last couple of guys in my fades, if you can trade this guy high, I think you at least have to consider it. Yeah, I, the going back to Gorman, like the deal with him last year, and he still hit like what thirty four homers between AAA and the majors. He was getting, he couldn't like catch up to a high fastball, and if if you like look at his, like you were saying, even going back to high school, like mm-hmm. he was this huge like power prospect. The idea that he couldn't hit a high fastball, he should be feasting <laughs> yeah. on high fastballs, and like so. Like, obviously, he was going to figure that out, and he mm-hmm. has this year, and with the plate discipline improving, like, I, man, I don't mind that he's just kind of going to be a DH from now on, because I, I don't think he's very good defensively at second base or third. No. no. He's a little bit young to just throw into the DH role, but just do it, man. Yeah. Just let the let the kid, like, focus on, on hitting, and he's been, he's been awesome so far. Yeah. Um, stolen bases... Esteri Ruiz is, is worth a mention. I don't, I don't think either of us picked him, but uh, the, the current MLB leader in stolen bases, we've talked about him a lot. Like it, it seems like almost every week. One of the first shows we did in the season, we guessed on players who were drafted outside the top 200 or top 300 who could right. provide like top 50 value. And I, I think we both agreed it would be some kind of base stealer with mm-hmm. you know, the pitch clock and the bigger bases. And yeah, Ruiz has been that guy. Um, but my for real is going to be Corbin Carroll. It's it's not like he flew under the radar in draft prep. One of the one of the best prospects, one of the best fantasy prospects out there with his pop and speed. Um, Carroll injured his knee when he banged in like really hard in the outfield wall at Coors Field in late April, and there was a slump in steals um and fantasy production in general in the immediate aftermath of that injury but he's all the way back now right. here in late may doing it all 99th percentile in sprint speed 93rd percentile max exit velocity for a, a player who's still really young just a lot of good red sliders there on the baseball savant page he, he's the real deal chris I'm, I'm going out on a limb and saying that corbin carroll is a good baseball player Feeling brave on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, <laughs> my, my my faith is Wander Franco, just to make you mad. Mm. Um, also on this this fine Saturday, I, I love everything that he's doing. Like the the true breakout, I think we both agree has arrived. And man, if you kept the faith heading into to fantasy drafts this spring, you have been rewarded. The one part of his game that I think will drop off. Again, I, I love that we're finally getting a ton of counting stats from from Franco. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I say finally, he's what did he just turned 22 years old? But like um, the one thing I wouldn't count on being as awesome as it is right now is the steals because mm-hmm. the sprint speed isn't elite, 65th percentile among all MLB position players. It's not bad, but he's at 18 steals through 51 games, which is incredible. He's tried 23 stolen base attempts. Um, he's been very aggressive. Maybe he's going to stay aggressive in that regard. 
I think everything else is going to be there, but maybe just don't count on this Steel's pace being maintained. Like he's he's not going to be a, a sixty base stealer this right. year, or, or I think any point in his career. But I, again, I love everything else that we've seen so far from Franco. I just wanted to make you mad to close out the show. Matter than a wet hand. No, I think it's a good point, and I also think it's part of it is because look, stolen bases are great. They're awesome. It's been great to see. Um, they're also a risky play and they involve injury risk. And I think sure. that the the Rays best player with all due respect to some of the names that we've mentioned even today is Wander Franco. And he's one of the most, not only for this year, for the long term. I wonder if we'll maybe see him be told to kind of slow things down a little bit, especially with how much yeah. power the Rays are showing. Like they can be a station to station team really because they're so capable of hitting the ball over the fence. Yeah, I think he can be a 30 to 40 stolen base guy. I think the sprint speed is a little misleading. One, because his baseball acumen is through the charts. He reads pitchers so well. And two, I've seen him when he can get going, can scoop pretty good. Yeah, but you're right. He, yeah, he, I he can like move. He can call. move. I, I do like that call, that there is um, going to be some regression in that. I just, he's, on, he's on like a 75 stolen base. Yeah, base. that's just not, that's that's not, not happening. Gonna ha- All right. That's just not <laughs> happening. Uh, that is totally yeah. fair. That is why they pay you the big bucks. Um, I'm fading uh, Jorge Mateo, and it's more to do with the fact that it's not to do with speed with that guy. That is one of the fastest players in baseball. He's already stolen 14 bases. My question mark is, with all of these gosh dang infielders that Baltimore has, are you really going to be playing Jorge Mateo as often as they are? Now, he's a pretty good defender. He's not great. But you've got a bunch of minor league guys, including Joey West, uh, Jordan Westberg, excuse me, and Joey Ortiz, who has shown some flashes and a much better defender than Jorge Mateo. Is he going to be an everyday guy? And you need him in the lineup as fast as he is. This is could be like a John Birdie situation where over the last couple of years where he gives you the stolen bases, but yep. doesn't contribute really anywhere else. Um, my for real, Drew, is everyone. Everyone is for real. Stolen bases are a thing. This is so uncharted territory. Teams should be stealing more than they are, man. Well, they 100% right? should be. Yeah, like the success rate is yeah. through the roof. And it was, an, it's, it was like at 82% last time, yeah. which is insane. It's insane. And I feel so bad for these catchers because they just have no shot. They can make perfect oh. throws. I just watched Big Dumper, a.k.a. Cal Rowley, make one of his best throws, and he had no shot. Because the jump was just so good, especially after that second pickoff attempt. I've loved it. It's been a lot of fun to watch. But the honest answer is all of these stolen bases are for real. There is just so it's so much easier with the wider base and the fact that these guys get such good jumps and teams are realizing it's a great way to move guys over without having to sacrifice outs. Stolen bases are for real, Drubert. I think that's a great take. I, I need your um before I leave you, are are, are the are the Celtics going to pull this off? Uh, oh, if, <laughs> if, if they win game, game six tonight, if they win tonight, yes, I think a hundred. Yeah, I know. Now here's tonight the thing. is game seven. Honestly, yeah, yeah right? it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, look, as good as playoff Jimmy could be, and he's not giving up. He's certainly not giving up. No, but my my worry is that he's been so quiet over the last two games. It's like, oh, here comes a Jimmy game, right? So here's a fun stat for you, by the way. Uh, there has never been a team that has come back from a best of seven hole uh, 3-0. Do you know how many times there have been uh, game sevens in this situation in history? I think it's like three, right? It's three. There's only been three times where anyone has even gotten to the game seven. So that just tells you, like, there's a little bit of pressure on Miami now to close this thing out because, you know, they're playing with house money because they were the eight seed or the yeah. 10 seed or whatever the heck it was. But I know you're a big Jason Tatum fan and that you've got um, a lot of money invested in his success. But uh, <laughs> tonight's a big one. Tonight's a real big one. Dude, I kind of do actually have some money invested in his success. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. Um, sure. but, but, yeah, like I, I, I root for the Celtics because of Tatum because he went to – the high school that I went to, or my my stepdad is the principal, uh, so there's like a connection there with his nice. his family. Mm-hmm. But um, man, with the 03 deficit and Derek Jeter and A Rod were at in <laughs> Miami for Game Four, I don't know if I don't know if I can survive 
a game seven in Boston, like them showing, like I'm sure Kevin Millar will be there and like <laughs> and, you know, Jason Veritek, uh, Pedroia, uh, David Ortiz. Like, I, I don't I, or, 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 wait, who who was on that 04 Red Sox team? I think uh, I'm naming players. Roberts was a big one stealing that base. Yep. You know, yeah, stole that base. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm I was combining the 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 2013 team yeah. to beat my Cardinals too there, but yeah. um, I don't know if I could survive those storylines. Like just, just reading them. If, if they do pull this off, it, it would be cool though. I guess. Do the, go Knights, Celtics. do the Knights close it out tonight too? I haven't been watching hockey. I, I can't do it. I, hockey. I love hockey, but it, after your crack and lost, I, I don't support the sport anymore. You know? Totally fair. It, it, I'm surprised the sport's actually still existing after those fat cracking loss. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this episode was brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to RivalFantasy.com or download the app today and start playing a far better form of Daily Fantasy Baseball. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Crawford underscore M-I-L-F-B. Drew is at Drew Silve. Hit like and subscribe and leave a review if you enjoy what you're hearing. And remember... There is a episode every single week during the season. Thanks again for joining us. Before, we'll see. Oh, please. Before we go, I just I just want to like address my hockey comment. I love hockey. Like yes. you can tell. It's yeah. just it, it like hurts my heart to watch hockey when when my when my blues aren't doing well. It's it is the best live sport. Um it's a fantastic sport. I lo I love hockey, but it's just like I, I get very emotional about hockey. Okay, Google That's play all I meant to say. Bye, guys. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.